Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Table Talks. Um, my name is Toby and I'm joined by Silas. And today we're going to be talking about four very interesting topics. Um, the first thing we're going to be talking about is the Tory party conference, um, Boris Johnson's plans. Um, we're also going to be talking about um, Boris Johnson's Brexit plans and stuff like that. Um, and we will also be discussing um, Meghan Merkel and uh, her attempt to sue um, the British tabloid um, for publishing um, a private letter between her father and herself. So yeah, uh, those are the topics for today. We might talk about other things. Um, we might talk, talk about elements of the Labour Party conference. Um, but yeah, those are the things we're going to be focusing on. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy it. Um, so yeah, to start with, let's talk about the Conservative Party conference, and let's try and contrast it with um, the uh, the Labour Party conference. Mm. So um, yeah, what what did you think of like the new p- policy proposals? Well, I think it with the um, Conservative Party, obviously the there was a lot of how can I call it? To be honest, plain line um, in terms of obviously they're saying that they're putting a bit more funding into um, different parts of the um, economy well different parts of government so they're saying they're bringing money into education money into the NHS but really and truly a lot of these money into policing as well policing. More but a lot of this money and a lot of these initiatives started with Theresa May if we're being honest especially the education um, I don't know there was a Guardian article about um, some of the education initiatives that Boris is talking about um, a lot of the funding started with Theresa May and they've also tried to rebrand themselves as the party of the NHS um, I heard there was some issues. Who was it? The um, Tory Party chairman, um, was uh, it cleverly? Yeah, yeah. Um, he tried James to, Cleverley. yeah, he tried to um, say that the Conservatives were the ones who actually started the NHS. Talking about, you know, Conservatives had mooted about the NHS prior to it being um, um, around nineteen forty four. But obviously, <laughs> just to talk a bit about James Cleverly, yeah. um, I was I was actually listening to uh, you know Good Morning Britain. Mm. Um, a lot of their videos are quite entertaining, and yeah. they were talking about um, black blackface, yeah, blackface and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the um, MP who actually did it, but there was one senior conservative MP who okay. blackface and stuff. And essentially, they were asking him, you know, was it offensive? Was he right to? Yeah. And um, what he said, what the uh, senior <laughs> um, Tory MP said, was yeah. that the only reason why he wouldn't what, blackface what James again, Cleverly said, no, 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 the person. Yeah, so the person that blackface, yeah, yeah, what he yeah. said was, oh. The only reason he he wouldn't blackface again is because the color is hard to wash off. Wow! Wow! And they were asking, they were asking James cleverly. Yeah. Like, didn't you find that like very very offensive? Yeah. He's like, no, no, you didn't find it offensive. Wow. Then he was like, but it's not funny. Like, obviously, yeah, Claire yeah. Morgan was that, but this isn't funny. Yeah. And he's like, it is funny. Okay. I was just like, wow. How, how low? Yeah. How low can you um go just to be accepted as a member of the Conservative Party that you will turn your back on something so racist mm. and so heinous like? What I, I personally would have respected him more if he yeah. had called it out for yeah. what it is as a racist, as a racist stunt because mm. that's what it is. Do you know I'm, I'm a bit stuck because I don't want to say it's ignorance because it's too cheap, um, for him to kind of say it's ignorance. But then there's something to be said about the fact that such you know such acts and such things aren't as um, as charged in this country as they would be in America. But then. I don't want to give him that um, leeway. No, that no, no. Leeway. Um, he should have apologised. Yeah. James Keverley should have called him out for it. But, yeah. I mean, we're not here that's to discuss that. Thing, um, yeah, that's another thing. Talk about the Tory party conference. Yeah. So, obviously, um, I feel like uh, 
Boris has kind of, like what you said, hijacked a lot of Theresa May's plans. Mm. Um, Theresa May talked very much about any, ending the burning injustices of, of modern day um, British society. Yeah. And Boris has kind of jumped onto that bandwagon in a, in a sense, talking yeah. about 20,000 more police officers. Exactly. I think it's like 60 hospital upgrades, more money for the NHS. Mm. He's also talking about um, more money for education. Yeah. I just find it ironic how the Tory party were the party that cut a lot of these uh, services. Yeah, exactly. During um, the austerity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. They were definitely responsible for the reduction in police officers. Yeah. That, that, that is for certain. Mm. And now they're talking about investment and trying to put more money in. Mm. When they were the ones that took a lot of the money out in the first place. Yeah, but I think the best way to understand, I think once we understand the way the Tory party works, its mentality and how it um, looks at governance, it helps us understand where they, you know, why they do certain things like that and why they flip-flop like that. Obviously, we were having that conversation before we started recording that the Tory party's number one aim, if we look at it very carefully, is power. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. once you want, once you look at power, you know, you know, steely-eyed, and that's the one thing that you're focused on. You become very barometric. Yeah. But bar- barometer measures the weather, so you go with the weather pretty much. So that's. I, that's I, I think what's even more interesting is the Tory party is very much defined by its leadership. Mm. They have very, they have a, a very um, much of a top-down yeah. kind of regime, as in the leadership create the policies. Yeah the rest of the party implement it and canvas and door knock and sell the policies. That's kind of how they work. However, when you compare that to the Labour Party, mm. yeah, it's very bottom-up. Okay. Bottom, you know, kind of come up with policy ideas, leadership adopt them, etc, okay. etc. However, what's interesting is that the Conservative parties have had very different leaders, Yeah. but they will all defend the previous leaders Yeah. with, with, their, with their lives. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Johnson... Whether he likes Derek Cameron personally or yeah. privately, he will defend his record. Yeah. He'll also defend Theresa May's record. But you don't tend to find that on the left of politics, especially within the Labour Party. I think the party structure over on the right and with the Tories is, is quite well oiled. And so they like to keep things going. They like um, they like continuity, but it might seem like they don't, obviously breaking away from austerity. But then the, the narrative is that it's time for us now to move on from austerity. We've done as much as we can mm, mm. in that period. Now we're moving away from it into mm, a new period. Mm, but, so, the, but they would still defend it. They, yeah, the they'll still party, defend it. Exactly, the Labour yeah. Party, what they're very bad at doing is def- defending their predecessors, even when they've done well. For example, you would never hear someone from the left, someone that supports Jeremy Corbyn, yeah. defend Tony Blair's record. And then because there are stronger constituencies within the Labour Party, you see that there's this far left, this hard left. Yeah. Not too far. I think I don't I wouldn't say Jeremy Corbyn's that he's far left, but not that far. And then there's obviously the new Labour <laughs> left. You don't think you don't think Jeremy Corbyn is hard left? He's quite far, but I don't we can go further left. I think of we can go further can. left. Of course of course um, you can, but don't you think for for British not necessarily ordinary British people Jeremy if, Corbyn's a bit fragile. if we look at the origins of some of the you know key aspects of British society you know the NHS is one glaring example um, it has very socialist um, roots um, well I wouldn't say very let me not qualify it that much but it has socialist roots you know post-war you know Clement Attlee the beverage report um, so there was that consensus consensus post-war and that shaped British society quite a bit so I feel like Jeremy Corbyn is only harking back to those um, those times whereas you can go f- I, to be honest when we look at British society I don't think 
I think the biggest thing that the conservatives have been very good at, um, the thing that they've done very well um, at, is to demonize the word socialism and to make Jeremy Corbyn's initiatives and his plans, the way he goes about things, seem very different, very no, foreign. But then, but then, but then, I think that's 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 on the issue of communication, right? Okay. I mean, let's let's compare the Labour Party conference and the Tory Party. Okay, conference. go ahead. The Tory Party their conference they didn't really have that many new policies we've heard mm. it all before yeah. the money for education the money for the NHS mm. police officers the Labour Party conference it had a lot of new policies yeah. however each policy every day it was released mm. was just you know shock after shock after shock <laughs> the media didn't like it yeah. every one of Labour's policies was met with utter discontent mm. yeah. for example their first policy to um to uh, abolish private schools yeah. and redistribute their assets Yeah, mm. that sounds mm-hmm. very very Communist, mm. not not let alone yeah, socialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds very communist. And then um, stuff like having a four day working week. Yeah. Gee, I'm trying to say now, if your political party is seeking power, yeah, you can't afford to have policies that alienate parts of the country. Yeah, especially large parts of the especially country. large parts of the country. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think the reason why what you said is true is mm. because what Jeremy Corbyn has failed to do, what the left has failed to do, because I even, think, I even think Ed Miliband failed this. Yeah. That's why his message was rejected that mm. Jeremy Cameron won a majority. Because yeah. Ed Miliband failed to communicate mm. and he didn't defend the Labour Party's record. Yeah. Ed Miliband did a very bad job at actually saying, okay, look, Tony Blair made some mistakes in terms mm. of foreign policy because mm. that's where New Labour messed up their foreign policy. Yeah. But on a whole, we saw the biggest levels of, um, we saw the biggest reduction in inequality mm. that we've ever seen yeah we, we, we now have more social mobility etc and Miliband failed to do that yeah instead he talked about oh how you know Labour got it wrong on a budget mm. you know we're gonna do austerity light and of I course think his each, message was rejected each leader has their um their faults and Ed Miliband definitely had his faults he had his strengths as well but I think one thing that you're definitely um spot on about is that there is this kind of failure in communication, especially on the left, not just the left in British politics, but I don't want to go too far, but the left just across the Atlantic, because, you know, after this whole Brexit Trump thing, a lot of um, people are just wondering, why can't they tackle this, you know, um, this populism on the right with clear and concise communication? So basically, just strike out these untruths that the right are coming up with whether it's you know no, Trump but, but, then, but, then so, but no I'm, I'm agreeing with you and yeah, saying yeah, that you know I, it's, I, it's I confusing stats, why they're not that's that's irrelevant yes yeah, people, people that remember stats people that care about stats that's yeah. why someone like for example Nigel Farage right? mm. very successful politician yeah. all because of what his ability to communicate with people and what, what annoys me so much is that how is a man yeah that didn't grow up in a working class family mm. went to private school mm. went to you know, worked in the financial sector for yeah. majority of his How is he able to communicate with ordinary people so well? Mm. Even better than people that actually grew up in those communities. Yeah. But I think a lot a lot of it is these small gimmicks, you know, in the pub with the you know, with the pint of beer. But also it's <laughs> no but it's also getting to the talk, talking points as well. There are genuine talking points that resonate with people. Obviously like one of the you know four horsemen that I believe led up to Brexit and Trump is deindustrialization in certain industrial heartlands in the UK and mm. the US. And so when um, the likes of Nigel Farage or perhaps even Boris Johnson 
talks to these people or speaks to those people about you know jobs going and things moving companies moving out yes they're able to tap in because it's it's a very it's still an open wound yeah so i think they can definitely dig into those um parts of the country but yeah yeah as well as the gimmicks don't forget the gimmicks as well yeah i agree with you i was also going to add um so during um actually Boris Johnson's speech when he addressed the conference, it was yeah. PMQs. Yeah. And obviously, did you watch it? It was Diane Abbott first. Diane Abbott. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't Rob. watch that one. Yeah, but yeah. It was no. It was. It was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Diane Abbott kind of made a, a twat out of herself because um, so she got up right. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, "Oh, Black History Month." Blah blah blah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Then obviously you're supposed to follow up with a question. Yeah, yeah. As soon as she made that opening remark, she sat down. Mm. <laughs> Everyone was like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> what was your question?" Okay, yeah. And she got up, asked the question, mm. sat back down. Then I think the leader of the opposition is allowed to ask six questions. Yeah, six. Six questions. She went up to ask the seventh, and okay. the speaker was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa like, calm yeah, down." No, no. I think there's some procedures that need getting used to. Obviously, that was unconventional enough because you know the prime minister wasn't there. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's some procedures that you know take getting used. Where was to. Jeremy Corbyn? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know what was going on, but I would imagine that he wouldn't, you know, be there if yeah, the yeah, prime no, minister. Yeah, no, I can't even remember because obviously Boris was at the party. Cut. I, I need to actually. I know where was anyway. Um, we're also going to talk about Boris Brexit yeah. plans. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with these new plans. Yeah, no, um, I've had a, I've had a look into. Called you, do you feel confident enough to explain them? Um, not completely, but so, um, so, so essentially, right? Um, if you're familiar with May's deal, yeah, it's essentially a rehash of May's deal, but with 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 a replacement of the backstop with, with the, something else. With the, so what, so what they're doing instead with an is an Irish, that, I, like Irish yeah. So, so the transition yeah. period, all of that is still exactly yeah. the same. What they're going to now do is. In terms of like agricultural, and I think no, I think ag- agricultural and, and manufacturing, um, certain sure sectors, they're gonna have regulatory alignment with the EU. Yes. So across and, the island, yeah, 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 across the island. So in terms of checks, there'll be no checks at the border. But mm. what he's saying is that there will obviously need to be some checks, and he's saying the checks will be at um, at factories, yeah, and also um, at places located away from the border, yeah. So okay, fair enough. And then there will also be checks between um, um, Northern Ireland yeah. and, and and the rest of the UK. Mm. But what's different is that instead of having a backstop and instead of Northern Ireland indefinitely following those regulations until mm. there's something else in place, Stormont, which is the uh, Northern Ireland um, Assembly, mm. will have um, a say on whether they want to continue following EU regulation and alignment, yeah. or like refer back to UK regulatory mm-hmm. alignment. Yeah. So that's 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 the fundamental um, difference. Yeah. Do you think it can get through Parliament? Um, I'm not too sure because I I think people still have technical issues with it on the basis of whether the check the necessary checks that need to be done, whether those can be done. Obviously it seems like there has been compromise to mitigate for the um, Irish border situation. But um I think from what I'm hearing, obviously from interviews with politicians, it seems like it's still those technical hiccups that will probably stop people from voting um, with it. But also, um, there. Do you also think it will? It will it, do you think it can pass in Parliament? Do you, do you honestly think it can? I don't think it can pass in Parliament, but I have a very strange, you know, my my spidey senses are going off. I don't think that Boris Johnson thinks it's going to pass because a lot of people don't think he's being forthcoming in the sense that. Really and truly, they're saying that he wants a no deal. 
but he has. Do you to, think he wants a no deal? I do think he wants a no deal. Um, I think it's quite obvious, but he has to be seen to be trying to f- find a deal. Um, obviously, it's come out that apparently um, the prime minister will send a letter and ask for an extension on the nineteenth if a deal hasn't been agreed yeah, upon. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, I don't think all of this is being said and all of this is being done. Um, you know, with in the most forthcoming. Um, 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 way because do they really want a deal? Do they really want you know for us to leave October thirty first with we, we, we even with the right. whole island of Ireland? Yeah, we we've we, we been saying we've been saying this right. Uh, we don't think Boris Johnson cares about Brexit. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't care about getting a deal. He doesn't yeah. care about no deal. He doesn't yeah. care about anything. Yeah, all Boris Johnson cares about is remaining prime minister mm. for as long as he can. Yeah, and to do that. Mm. He needs to get Brexit done yeah. and he needs to start talking about other issues because, be, be honest with yourself, if Brexit wasn't an issue, right, and let's say, you know, Brexit was, wasn't a factor at all yeah. and this was just a general election, Boris Johnson versus Jeremy Corbyn, who would win? Be honest. No, I think Boris Johnson would win, but there are certain conditions. Yeah, no, he w- he there are certain conditions that would be met. But when you say Brexit wasn't an issue, that means that we never went into the no, no, referendum no. So let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say, okay, cool. Brexit had been put to bed. Yeah. And Brexit happened no, five years so, okay, ago. Okay, so that's where I disagree. That's where I disagree. That's why. Either with Boris Johnson versus Jeremy Corbyn, who would win? With, would be Boris with, no, no, no. With those conditions, I disagree. And I, I disagree. Not saying that you know it will be Jeremy Corbyn, but I say that. Okay, so the conversation we had, I said it would be a hunk parliament because <laughs> Brexit will fundamentally change the way we do politics in this country. No, Brexit I, will change, you know, the the positions which the parties kind of nail their posts because we've we've come to a place where our national conversation has been so debased, right? We've kind of retreated into these extremes, yeah. right? How can we then just, after we've left, perhaps with a deal or maybe even without a deal, right, we've left, how can we then just continue whilst we're dealing with the economic consequences? We're still going to have to deal with a lot of, there's still a lot of um, um, socio-political legal things no, no, that no, we no, need but, to get but, but what, what I'm trying to say there's, is there's, there's no you, way you, our politics you know, will go you know back what, to... You know what, you're focusing too much on the detail, right? No, but... The, and, and that, but, 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 but the thing about politics, you're talking mm, a lot about governance, right? Yeah. Even if Boris Johnson wins a majority and Peter yeah. Corbyn, he's going to have a shitload to deal with. He's going to have to deal with the backdrop of um, us leaving the EU. Whether if, even if it's with or without a deal, there's still, there's going to be economic consequences. Yeah. We all know that. Right. So that that that's to do with governance. Yeah. But to win a general election, it's not about you know. Governance. I know, it's but those the well, narratives will still be present. Do you think that if we go into a recession a few months after leaving, no deal or deal, do you think that people will just get over the fact that hold on, we've just been um, we've just been. No, what, into a what, what, what I'm trying to say is that. We're talking about a general election that happens yeah. on just solely domestic issues. Because I that's know. what the Conservative Party want. They don't want Brexit to be an issue in the next general election. So, but do, how do you think... Do you think it's generally possible for them to separate domestic, domestic issues, issues from Brexit, from Brexit once we've doing left? A, I think they're doing a good job. I think they're doing a very good job. No, because but look, they're doing it... But, the, but you see why they're doing it. They're doing it in for campaigning. So. Yeah, of course, yeah. But that's, that's what they need it for. And that's what's going to help them in the general election. The... The Conservative Party are worried about the Brexit Party. Okay. They know that the Brexit Party could potentially stop them from winning an outright majority. Mm. Right? What do the Brexit Party only talk about? Brexit. Brexit. Yeah. Therefore, in order to get people to vote Tory and not the Brexit Party, yeah. the Tories have to convince them to vote for them because of their domestic issues, mm. not just because of Brexit. 
you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but then that's given that Brexit is out the way. I, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I see, I'm just, I see I'm where you're going, but then at the same we're time... We're not living in normal political circumstances. Yeah. But if we were... Boris Johnson would win a landslide. That's, well, but, that's but, just the fact. But think about it. Okay, so obviously we don't want to talk about polls. And obviously polls are... Yeah, we don't want to talk about polls, but there's there's an extent to which we can't ignore them. They're telling us that the Lib Dems are going to gain some ground, right, from, from Labour the and Lib Dems were, In 2010, right, the Liberal Democrats had probably one of the best leaders they've ever had in a while. Yeah. Netflix, yeah. Right? The polls were saying they were going to win more seats than they did. 2010, the Liberal Democrats lost seats. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. So, don't what, listen to you, the uh, polls. 2010 or 15? 2010. 2010. Okay, yeah. 2010, when Nick Clegg first came into office, yeah, yeah. promised the tuition fees, was very popular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Liberal Democrats were supposed to be very, very, very well. Now, look at the Liberal Democrats now. Obviously, the polls are saying they're going to do well, etc., yeah. etc. They don't even have a half as good leader as Nick Clegg. Oh, What's her yeah, name? Um, um, Joe, Joe, Joe Swinton yeah. isn't, isn't half as good as Nick Clegg was. I wouldn't necessarily say that, but, you know. But I, I, I personally think when it comes to the actual electoral campaign, the Liberal mm. Democrats won't do well. And when people seriously have an option between Boris Johnson... Once Brexit is out of the way? Or? No, no, no. Even in the general... With Brexit. I think oh. even if the general public have a choice between all three parties, yeah. Liberal Democrats, Labour and... Uh, Conservatives, yeah. You will see, like, in 2017, a yeah. movement to the two mainstream parties. Yeah. You, you will see that, especially because what the Labour Party are doing is they're starting to adopt the Liberal Democrats' position of mm. remaining in the EU. But do you really... But no, because I I don't know, you were at the conference, but did they not agree that they'll, it's going to be an open... Uh, so, 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 in, at the conference, they basically yeah. said that. So there were two... There were two um, Options. options. Yeah. The first option was that we would negotiate a deal, mm. come back, uh, offer it to the British people, Reverend. and campaign for Remain. Yeah. Second one was that we would be neutral. Yeah. But I thought it was the neutral position. Yeah, that passed. The, the neutral position passed, but that doesn't mean we can't be for Remain in the future. Because okay. if someone else brings another motion, yeah, we could vote for the party to be in favour of Remain. Okay. So just kick the can down the road. Yeah. But the current stance is that the Labour Party, a party that I am a member of. And yeah. by the way, just because I'm saying Boris Johnson will win doesn't mean I want him to win. Okay. I'm just being realistic. <laughs> just just yeah. to put it out there. I yeah. want Jeremy Corbyn to become Prime Minister. Are but, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, right, the Labour Party will always have the best interest of hard-working people at heart than the Conservative Party. You've gone into campaigning mode. Fundamental. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just a fundamental fact of the matter. Yeah. When you vote Tory, you're voting for a party that has its own party interest mm. as addiction to power at heart mm. that's it so um, anyway to get mm. back to the point yeah Labour Party yeah that's the stance they've adopted yeah. however mm. and this is a big however I do think when there's a general election a lot of senior Labour MPs mm. or senior Labour figures will come up for Remain and Labour Party will transform into the party of Remain okay and if that happens the Liberal Democrats should be very worried the Lib Dems, okay, yeah. Um, do you know what? I see where you're coming from, but obviously this is all given that the, the Labour Party is in the position to offer these things, you know, the prerequisites. First, they get into power. Okay, cool. Then they think, go and negotiate a deal. Then they come we're back talking about, We're talking about Boris's Brexit plans. Do you think the EU will agree to them? That's another important question. Um, f- from what I heard, it's very doubtful. 
I mean, it's very doubtful, but um, I, think, I don't know where I don't know what their position is on I the backstop. The EU, actually, I think I think the EU. Oh no, the backstop being that. removed. Yeah, yeah, I think the EU. Obviously, they will never accept Boris Johnson's deals as it stands. We all know. Yeah. That. Um, I think the EU. What why do you say that? I'll come to that. Yeah. What the EU are more concerned with is looking like they were the ones. They want the basically you don't want to seem like they weren't the ones that were willing to have a deal. They want to say that we wanted the deal. It's all Boris's fault. And Boris, what he wants to do is say, I tried for a deal, it's all the EU's fault. I know, but the EU, EU have actually been very forthcoming, though. Like, they've... I disagree. Why do you... Okay, go on. I disagree. I think they bullied Theresa May. In what way? In, in, in almost every way. Theresa May knew that she could get a deal passed if the backstop wasn't there. Yeah. The EU did not budge. I know, but... As soon but as Boris back- Johnson comes into power, oh, yeah, but we will open the withdrawal agreement, we'll open it. I know. Why weren't they forthcoming to open it when Theresa May was in power? So okay, you're saying that the EU knew that Theresa May May would be able to get the deal passed if 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 the backstop was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They wanted the backstop there. Okay. But so, what's the alternative? The alternative is either checks is checks at the border. Yeah, of course. Like no one's saying there's a. I know, but 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 I know, but the EU so. If you looked at a lot of the key players on the EU side, they they were saying that we know the EU were more understanding of the situation in Ireland than members in the members of the Conservative Party. Mm. The EU were willing to say, okay, we need this you know piece of innovation to at least um, kind of mitigate for some of the troubles that you, we what might. What would be your kind of outcome? Your kind of ideal Brexit scenario? No Brexit. Um, so you would you would want to refer yeah. a democratic referendum of seventeen. It was an advisory, people, people. but it was an advisory um, referendum though. This so country, you, think you can ignore democracy. No, it's but it's so. Okay, so the one one of my biggest and a lot of people won't like this. A lot of people, especially who voted for Brexit, won't like this. One of my biggest issues with it is that you can't just fair enough. You know where. Okay, recently, as of recent, this country is getting into this kind of habit of having referendums. I think it's a very dangerous it's um, a d- ideology. I think I think even David Cameron, I think he was gassed because he had just won the Scottish referendum. Yeah, he had and just won. Look, the, um, people in the people in Brussels were saying that you know, David Cameron was going about the place saying, "Yeah, don't worry, I'll win, I'll win, I'll win." He, of course, he was confident. A government never was a. But they, but the EU, you could argue, didn't give him enough concessions. Because remember, no, no, David no, no, Cameron's no, no, no. pitch. Yeah. David Cameron's pitch is let's stay in the reformed Europe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Obviously, he didn't get very. He much got quite he a lot. He from the EU side, he got quite a lot, and Britain has quite a powerful um, um position in the EU. It got quite a lot, but I feel like the the biggest thing was um, so he so the the initial um, um end was that. I want to get rid of this Brexit debate and I want to do it um, so that I can keep the party united. Mm-hmm. It came to a point within the Brexit debate where he would either have to divide the party or lose the debate. And, you know, it would be very counterproductive if you then, you know, pursue means to win the debate by dividing the party. So I feel like that's why he wasn't too... Um, he, he didn't go um, as far as he could. In basically going against Boris and go yeah of course yeah, yeah. like um, in his book he talks a lot about it he talks about how like for example mm. George Osborne which was obviously his closest confidant and stuff yeah, yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. 
them some boys. Know, printing cartoons and really attacking Boris yeah, yeah, yeah. and Gov's character, whereas he was like, no, we can't. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be a party after this. Yeah. But Boris and Gov were trying to win at all costs. But but imagine, look, so see what all we see what we've been discussing. We've been discussing that the conserv- conservatives, their order of things is party than country. <laughs> and that proves it. He was like, okay, hold on. If we lose this debate, this Brexit debate, this could have untold consequences for but the country. But then he was like, no, let's keep the party intact. But to, to, to be fair, though, you could argue that, okay, cool. We all know this was blue on blue, right? Yeah. So that, this whole Brexit chaos is on the Conservative Party. Yeah. But it seems like Labour's been sitting on the sidelines. Cause look, no, Labour, Jeremy Corbyn was sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So during that referendum campaign, yeah. be honest with yourself, Jeremy Corbyn try his hardest to make the no, case. No, but that was one of the because, reasons why... Yeah, the, exactly, the, because, the, because, because oh, oh, David Cameron couldn't attack yeah. Boris and Gove But the only reason Jeremy but, Corbyn but, couldn't get Corbyn stuck could. in is because he was... No, I know, but the only reason he couldn't get stuck in, or he didn't want to get stuck in, was because... He's, he's a lever. He's, he's a lever. He's, he's, he's long yeah, been know, a Europhile. Yeah. We, we all know that. And yeah. I think the Labour Party's problem, right? The reason why we've even Europe, decided... Europe, that, Europe, yeah, the reason why we've even taken this neutral stance at conference, right, is because of Corbyn. Yeah. But the issue is Corbyn is now leader of a Remain party. The Labour yeah. Party has always, always been yeah, the party yeah. of remaining in the well, EU. No, obviously it's, it's changed, the right? Parli- under, under, under the tw- parliamentary... Under, under Labour New Labour, under New Labour, it became very much for staying in the EU. That's, that's mm. without a question. That's without a question. Mm. Very much, so even our base... A lot of our base. I'm not talking about people that live in in the Midlands and stuff. Yeah, because if you want to look um, at those, there about were a lot of Labour very much metropolitan area. Yeah, so, no, but then is yeah, that looking, really is that really the Labour base? Those kind of areas. But is that no, really no, the yeah, Labour base? Yeah, London, London. London. They went over, and London is heavily for men. A lot of Labour Party voters that vote in London for yeah. the Labour Party. A lot of them are Remainers. So the Labour Party is divided on this issue, just like mm. the Tory Party. Mm. Like people pretend that the Labour Party aren't divided. They are deeply divided. Mm. But the majority of the Labour Party would vote to remain. The majority would, in my personal opinion. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Obviously, you know, we can't live in the land of counterfactuals forever. Um, But I don't know, until one of these parties actually. No, but the the question at hand is the question at hand is can Boris get any sort of deal free? Because look, he said that, he even said this is the landing zone yeah, for that some he'll, sort of deal, right? Yeah. So he's basically saying, you know, it's open to negotiation. Mm. Or is he just grandstanding? And I think that's what's so hard for people to, to actually figure mm. out. Because, for example, right, to Theresa May, you know how, like, with negotiating and stuff, you have to have no deal on the table, right? Theresa May what? tried... No, 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 I'm just saying in general, innit? Come on, be honest, you have to have no deal on the table. But Theresa May... Theresa May I, I don't think Theresa, you do, but... To, to, no, Theresa May, for example, right? He kept saying, okay, we have to have no deal on the table. But no one seriously thought Theresa May would try to make this country leave without a deal. But that's the problem. No, 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 no one thought that. No, but but, but no. now people generally think that Boris Johnson could leave without a deal. But, no, but you, okay, look, you've got three cards on the table. Mm-hmm. There's remain, there's leave, there's leave no deal. And you said remains off the table because we want to be as democratic as possible. Yeah, remainers should be off the table. And no deal must stay on the table. I'm not saying no deal must that's, stay on no, the no, table. No, no, but that's what Theresa no, May was saying. That's no, what Theresa no, May no, was saying. No, no, but Theresa May was only saying it for her negotiation. I know, but she, she proved but in Nobody March. believed her. Nobody yeah. believed Listen, when Theresa May went up to the EU and said, you know, I will leave with no deal if you don't give me a good deal, yeah. they laughed in her face. I know, but because she... didn't believe her, but people honestly believe that Boris Johnson is capable 
of making us leave without a deal. And you People, think, and you believe, and you believe him in the the fact that he's doing all of this in order to get the best possible deal. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that I don't know if he actually wants to leave without a deal, or if he's and if I don't know. Yeah. Deep, what you must be thinking with Theresa May, it was very obvious. But do you think how how much do you think the EU cares? The EU cares of us leaving without a deal. Yeah, how much? I think they care very much. Why do you I mean, it's that? going to affect their economy. Look, the German and French economies aren't doing very well. They're not doing good. We're the biggest bilateral, we're the second biggest bilateral donor to the EU's budget. If we leave and we don't pay that £40 billion, which Boris Johnson is very capable of not paying, the EU know that this guy is a madman and will refuse to pay. I know, but... No, 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 but, but, but the EU are actually taking Boris Johnson's threats seriously. If Theresa May was to make the same threats, nobody would believe her. That's why with Theresa May, they gave a very... You know, I know, but care. I feel like the thing that you're, you're giving Bur- um, Boris Johnson a lot of credit because you're saying that behind all of this is this um, genius plan. No, genius no, no, plan no, no, that no, no, no. This is the, how I'm going to get the possible But what I'm trying to deal. say to you is I don't know if behind all of this there's a genius plan or he generally wants to leave with no deal. What I'm trying to say is the fact that people are actually taking him seriously on no deal means that the EU are more willing to negotiate with him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. I think that's just that's just the simple fact of the matter because mm. look, me and you can both stand here and say Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson is a madman. Mm. Yeah, he is seriously considered leaving with no deal, yeah. which means. And if I was in the EU's position, I'd be like, right, okay, cool. We need to actually make some concessions. So, but it seems it doesn't seem like the EU are going to make those concessions, though. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll make enough concessions, but I think they'll make more concessions than they would ever make to Theresa May. Because they're taking Boris Johnson more seriously. But they can't afford to... Obviously, we're talking about negotiations here. They can't afford to see um, to uh, to be seen to be budging because of this strategy. Because then it will signal to the other side that, no, they can go further. Yeah, well, that's, that's the... Uh, that's kind of how negotiations work, right? You don't know what your other side are thinking. But with Theresa May, it was very obvious she didn't really want to leave... She wanted us to stay. She didn't want to leave without a deal. I personally think that, look here, my my stance on Brexit is that, cool. I think it was very unsustainable for us to stay. Even if Cameron, hold on, even if Cameron hadn't have called the general referendum, Mm. eventually Britain would have Why do you say, why do you say that? Britain would have, because we don't even use their currency. No, but I know, but there's a Eurozone. We don't have to be... No, in no, 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 but look, look, look. But that's, no, no, that's a monetary union on, that we on, don't... It on, doesn't concern on. us. Hold on, hold on, hold your horses. The EU want closer integration. <clears throat> we don't. That is the fundamental difference between Britain and the rest of Europe. They want further integration because it helps their countries. We don't. No, I know. And okay. I think even if it had happened, the referendum had happened in 10 years or 20 years' time, people would have eventually voted to leave. I think I, what, but I personally I think, think this is what should have happened. Because it was very close yeah. and it was a 52-48 split, I think what should have happened is we should have left the single market but stayed in the customs union. We should have left the single market stayed in the customs union. What's your rationale? My rationale? No, no. Left the single market. Stay, yeah, yeah, we should have left the single market stayed in the customs union and had some sort of bespoke new type of deal with the EU where we could trade goods freely and and kind of Norway plus or Canada plus but, but, so style deal okay, okay getting past the fact that that takes a very long time why would the EU want that to be the case what do you mean why would the, the EU, EU have always said that you know that, that's something on the table like we would, we would have the same status as Norway for example yeah I know but so, so, so that, that's perfectly fine I think we should have done that 
And then if people wanted even more, mm. maybe you could have some sort of general election, a political party to actually campaign on actually fully leaving you. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to Look, say? I think but that, that is the middle ground. The yeah. middle ground mm. is but us. Sorry, go on. No supranational projects like the European Union is perfect. Do you know what I mean? All the, the ones we see all over the world, you know, in North America, whether it's in Africa, whether it's ASEAN and Asia, even the European Union, no supranational project is perfect. And for a nation like Britain, who has a lot of negotiating powers, quite uh, in the biggest three nations within the whole project, to then kind of storm out in a tantrum and say, oh, forget it. I don't know. I just, I just completely think it's completely. I think it's completely petulant, and there are a lot of people in this country who are looking back to this image of this country as an empire. You know. Yeah, we that, were talking about we were talking about this. Britain and and has, they need to they need to get over it. Britain has a very self inflated ego, um, rooted in the fact that its history has been very imperial. Mm. They were you know um, they were an empire, and I think that's what contributed to. UK voting to leave. Having said that, my argument has always been Euroscepticism mm. in this country has grown yeah. as powers have been taken from the UK and been given to Brussels. Yeah? Now, what I'm trying to communicate to you is that Europe, Germany, France... Powers? Well, no, no, but I think we have to be careful the way we talk about the, um, the European project because what do you mean powers have look, been taken look, look, from... Look, 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 look. The majority of decisions that affect people's lives are made in the British Parliament. That is a fact. Okay, so I, so think, I, thought, I, think, no, no, no. I thought you were going to go. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and, no, 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 but that, that is a fact. But what Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson and Michael Gove did is they marketed it as no, all the decisions are made in Brussels. Look, yeah, we, we know that, we know that, we know that. Okay, what I'm trying to say to you is that eventually, mm. The decisions that affect the majority of people wouldn't have been made in this parliament. No, I don't. I don't know where you're coming from with this. So, so what? You, so you thought that this the EU was going to come become this you know federalist union yeah, of that, states? Yeah, that's that's, but that's the direction it's heading. I don't think it's there now. I think the be, it's in Britain's best interest to remain as part of the EU as it stands. But what I'm trying to tell you is but that the, the it's not going to look, the EU is not going to look how it looks now. In ten or twenty so years' what, time, what convinces will be less attractive you, for Britain. What convinces you that um, obviously France, Germany, they they're very strong within this whole project, right? They're pretty much leading the project. What convinces you that perhaps even France or the other states, some of the smaller states, what what convinces you that you know they're just all in and they're ready? They want further integration. Yeah, because further integration benefits the majority of European countries. It does. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying the European project is bad. For everyone. Mm. It's just bad for Britain. If Britain doesn't want to fully embrace being a member of the European Union. Mm. Look, Britain can't keep trying to look, have its cake and eat it. But I don't the know problem, where this political problem, union thing problem, is coming. Pro- because no, no, but the problem with the UK and Europe is the fact that it's always trying to be a special status member. Yeah. Our current membership of the EU is a special is a special status member. Mm. What I'm trying to communicate to you is that's not always going to run. Do you know what I'm trying but to say? I don't that's know not, where this... I don't know where this skepticism is coming from my skepticism yeah it's just it's just how it is because i get it like i get what's happening like obviously in the last even couple of weeks or so the um the eurozone have been looking at ideas you know for um you know demand management within the monetary union and it's going to a fiscal some sort of fiscal union 
quote unquote fiscal union. Um, which is look, if you were if Britain was in that eurozone and they were talking about fiscal union, boy, that's a bit mad. But we're not. Uh, so European fiscal union, th- everyone would leave. <laughs> no, no, but no. how can how can how can a government yeah. don't elect decide your fiscal policy? But the problem with Europe, we could talk well, about Europe. It'll be a bit stickier. It'll be a bit more technical we could, we could than talk that. About but. Europe's economic economics, but obviously, I think the fundamental problem with Europe's eurozone in general is that there's no physical strategy, but there's monetary union. What do you mean? So, for example. Um, what do you call it? The uh, European uh, Central Bank yeah. sets the interest rates oh, yeah. for the eurozone. Yeah. But there's no there's no EU budget in the sense that limits or restricts the spending of individual states. So, I know, yeah. obviously. And, and, and obviously, if, if a state doesn't have, you know, if the state's government doesn't have um, fiscal discipline, mm. then... Obvi- okay, okay, so to clarify some things, obviously, the, the where European... Um, Eurozone monetary policy is at right now is obviously they're trying as they're still you know interest rates are even going you know further negative. down right then the, the negative, negative interest rates right and Stim- trying to stimulate growth they're obviously they're trying to stimulate but obviously fundamentally even in one nation state you know that you can't stimulate growth without the help of fiscal policy so we're agreed on that basic you know that basic economics so that's where they need to then go further and have some sort of demand yeah, but, management. But, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, okay, cool, you're talking about all of this, right? Yeah. All of this further, because what you just said is further integration. Within Britain, the Eurozone? Yeah, yeah, within the Euro... Bro, what I'm trying to say to you is that there's no way Britain could continue its special status membership. Why? For 50 years. What would change? What are the key... What are the okay, knockouts? Cool. I think we've made a lot of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's talk about... Um, let's move on. Let's talk about... Um, Sexual assault allegations that were made to Boris Johnson. Boy, uh, did you hear about them? Yeah, I heard about them. Um, it was um during his time as um, the was it the editor of the Spectator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the debate is about whether he did it or not. To be honest, um, it's, it's whether we should care. Yes, yeah, whether we should it. care. We should care, um, because obviously, you know, it's. We shouldn't be um, countenancing um, men in power, abusing their power, um, abusing their power, but especially abusing their power to, you know, assault women mm-hmm. and to harm other people's lives. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Obviously, someone might say, and I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't I be so, happy so. if someone said so. that this came out of at a very interesting mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be happy if someone mm-hmm. said that, but yes. It did come out at, in, at an interesting time. Regardless of that, we should take it seriously. Yeah, we should take it very seriously. I mean, it was um, the Times columnist. Her name was Charlotte Edwards. Yeah. And she's quite a prominent um, journalist. Yeah. And I think there was another woman, I can't remember her name, who yeah. also said that um, Boris Johnson had sexually assaulted her or put his hand on her thigh mm. at the lunch. Mm. Now, I personally think that if this was anyone else, their career, their political career, would be finished. Yeah. However, this is Boris Johnson. This is a man that can virtually get away yeah. with misleading the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm trying oh, to say? Yeah. So I'm not surprised that he's, you know, sort of gotten away with this. Because let's be real, no one has really taken these allegations seriously. Mm. And what frustrates me so much is that, look, right, how can you be... Well, people have taken it seriously, but people haven't... 
I know people haven't cared too much. Not, be, not because. How, not can this guy, how can this guy still be prime minister? And I. How can a guy. Uh, no, okay, no, I think how it's similar to. How could the man who's literally um, um, lied or, no, or I think because misled the queen? The threshold has shifted. So I think the best example of this is what's happening in America. So when a presidential, <laughs> when a presidential candidate starts off with. Um, Mexicans are racists and murderers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When when the president when a presidential candidate starts off at that point and then says, "Oh, you know, it's heard saying, oh, grab them by the pussy," um, the threshold and and nothing's been done about it. People, you know, his support isn't being removed. His funders aren't running away. The threshold is shifting because all these things are being thrown at him. But he's surviving, and then it gets to a point where he's, he's coming invincible. to the he's, he's coming to the invincible. he's coming to the end of his presidential first presidential term. Well, hopefully the only presidential term, and he's committed what the Democrats think is an impeachable offense, right? And you're surpri- we're being surprised that not too many people care. <laughs> but what I'm not too many to people. You, so so clearly, you, you can't compare. So you just talked about Donald Trump. Which yeah, is a very very different issue. Yeah. Boris Johnson and Donald Trump. They're in terms of their in terms of their social attitudes, yeah. Boris Johnson can be very offensive. Yes, yeah. he said the things about letterboxes. He's yeah, but they're very different. They're but very compared different. to but, but compared to you know what uh, what so Donald Trump has said in the US, you know, it's it's not it's not that much. But I think the reason why people don't care about what but Boris objectively is, we should still no, no, no. I think I think they're as dangerous. No, no, of course it's of course it is. No yeah. one's arguing that it's not. But I think. Difference. The reason why no one cares about what Boris Johnson has done yeah. is because you still live in a society where women and sexual assault has run rampant. Yeah. We still live in a very um, no. I don't live, know. No, no, no. We live in a culture of of um. We live in a very you know. Oh, let me clarify that. I wasn't saying that. I'm disagreeing with your points about our society. Our society is still very yeah, much yeah, like we that. have. We have a very yeah. strong rape culture in this country. Not to say that. For anyone that doesn't know, I'm not. I'm not advocating that everyone's a rapist or yeah, that yeah, yeah, men yeah. go out and, and try to rape women. Mm. I just feel like our society is very much skewed um, to men, and and the patriarchy is essentially mm. allowed to get away with a lot of things. Like, um, yeah, that's just my general stance on it. I think Boris has kind of gotten away with this, and to be honest with you, to be very honest with you, I don't think anything is going to be done about it. I think in a month's time we'll stop talking about it. And, and mm. that's very, very sad. Yeah, but I genuinely think it's because the threshold has been shifted. When you do so many bad things and you kind of have this, you know, um, Teflon. <laughs> no one can touch me. <laughs> you know, can, no one can touch me. And your supporters and the people around you, the people who are, you know, supporting you and keeping you going, they continue their support. Well, then yeah, the threshold shifts and it takes something bigger to bring you down. Yeah. Mm. He lied to the Queen. In a well, in a constitutional not, in a constitutional not, in a constitutional this, monarchy. That's not what the uh, Supreme Court said. Uh, okay. They said whether he lied was irrelevant. I know, the, but the forget Scottish courts, the Scottish court said forget uh, forget about the ruling. But he lied to the Queen not in a constitutional monarchy. Not okay. Cool. You could argue that he lied to the Queen, but that's not that's not a, that's Where not the, a fact. Uh, why do, wait? Hold on. Why don't you say that's a fact? Because the Supreme Court said it was irrelevant. The only no, court that I know. said he lied to the Queen was the Scottish Court. But the but the Supreme Court did not outright say that. No, he didn't lie to the yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah. They did so dispute, at, they did at, dispute at, it. At, at, at the very least, he misled the Queen. At the very least, so, he mis. He could have lied to the Queen. At the very least, he misled the Queen. I accept that. What are you saying is the difference between misleading and lying? <laughs> 
<laughs> so to mislead is more to um is more to kind of unknowingly unknowingly kind of, yeah 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 so for example no. let's say no no that, that's both, what misleading both is. are intentional i think the only difference i can accept no no is misleading that, is when you kind of unintentionally no it's make someone believe something and that you didn't intend for them to believe mislead uh, to mislead you can do it both either intentional or unintentional but that's not the point the point i was making is that the, the threshold has been shifted once someone, once a prime minister lies to the monarch in a constitutional monarchy, <laughs> what can bring this man oh, down? Nothing. Because, it, because the Tory party, I mean, the Labour party don't want to fit for a general election. Not, not, not yet. No, but look, yeah. I'm just so frustrated because, look, yeah. yeah I, even no, no, because Mr. I think, Mr. Yeah. Tony Blair that decided to give one silly speech um, about how, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't call him silly. He's not a silly man. He's not a silly I man. I respect Tony that, Blair. Yeah. But you gave a speech about how um, uh, general election is a trap. Mm. No, it's not. No, 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 no. Hold this man to account. No, I think the issue with calling a general election at this point is that he could use it he to could, push he the no, he can use No, he can no, use he the timetable. No, he can. He can use the timetable, overstretch it, and we find ourselves in um, no, a position. No, because no, in law, he has to ask for an extension. Well, now in law, he has to ask exactly. for an extension. But then even that, you know... Exactly. Like what what you put in law that he has to ask for an extension? I know, but I I think it's it's that um, no members, members him, of Parliament don't trust him. You'll probably try and find some old ancient procedure to get around not doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think members of Parliament don't trust him, and I think that's the you know fundamental okay, issue. Okay, cool. Yeah. And the last thing we're going to talk about is Meghan Merkel's legal action. Yeah, I, I don't think them. I don't think we've been strict to the to the guidelines, but. I don't, I, I don't know. Even calling it Meghan Markle's legal action, I think I'd prefer to call it the the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's legal action, or, okay, the, or cool. the Duchy of Sussex's um, legal action. Okay, let's just call it the royal, the royal, um, the royal legal action. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is because I don't want to make it seem as if it's um, um, if it's Meghan Markle kind of lashing out at the media because it's, it's, it's not really it's Harry is Harry really spearheaded this um, legal action because he was tired of seeing the media attack his <laughs> media attack his wife mm-hmm. so I don't know I, I, don't, think, I, don't, I think I think this just shows how institutionally racist this country is yeah um, on uh, a very wide scale yeah and I think this legal action mm. This legal action just demonstrates um, that something needs to change. Yeah. That the tabloids have gone too far. For people that don't know, essentially yeah, yeah. what's happened is the tabloid has published a private conversation, a private letter, sorry, yeah. that Meghan Merkel sent to her father. And I think there was a situation with a voicemail as well, an intercepted voicemail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, although these people are public figures, yeah. they do use taxpayers' money for, I don't know, the houses and their living expenses. They do. They are entitled to some sort of privacy, and I think that this is a huge invasion of privacy. And Harry should be fed up. He saw his mother commoditized and treated like a commodity, and to right, he doesn't want the same thing to happen with Meghan. I think what needs to happen now is we need to have a serious conversation with mm. how the tabloids are going to operate in the future, mm. and. Um, for people that disagree with this, I would argue that kick them in their pockets, um, don't buy the paper, show them that this issue actually matters to you, 
That's the greatest thing you can do. I know, but the the people who, to whom the issue matters are not the readers of these tabloids. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult if yeah. I'm upset at what the way they treat Meghan Markle, but I'm not a reader. I just happen to see their headlines on Twitter. Yeah. So it's very difficult. Um, but I but I think this is the way forward, anyways, because they keep on doing. There's you know they've been in times past. They've you know tapped um celebrity um phones they've done all these things but you know they're still they're still moving mad so yeah yeah i think i think um it's very interesting about like you know kind of how the uh media have been very good at trying to infiltrate and um kind of um go too far mm. to some some degree um yeah. you know we have the separation of powers in in you know uh, in political systems, yeah. we have no sorts of checks and balances on on, on the media. Obviously, we obviously do, the obviously courts the courts are probably going to get involved. I'm not sure if this case actually has merit. Um, Why? I haven't really looked at the details of it. Obviously, the the letter was obtained through the father. Okay. The father was the one that Mega Merkel's yeah, father yeah. gave them the letter. Mm. So on those grounds, you know, one could argue that there was a form of consent. On um, on the part of the father, but who wrote the letter? Yeah, okay, but court is like, for example, you essentially sign um, sign something for me. Let's say you have a book, you sign it, and you give it to me as a gift. No, 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 no. I so, don't, so, no, 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 so I wait, hold on, hold on. So if that, I then choose... I send so, you a message yeah. in confidence. Yeah. And, and you, I, publi- I publicise it. But you, 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 you've sent it to me, no, no, so no, no, it no, no. becomes mine. So obviously, no, no, obviously no, no, no. we could argue this in court, right? Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that it's not a clear case like i don't know if it has legal merits i i won't comment on the merits of the case i'm not a lawyer yeah, but, that's um, what I'm saying. but i think it's the right way to go because i think there has to come a point where because he's there is okay so the way they talk about her isn't nice um that's going to be a difficult case but there's also then the point of um probity and that what they did was improper mm-hmm. um and yeah, like that's he should you know. I think they should bark down that tree, um, <laughs> but also there there has to be something. Obviously, it's difficult. You know, it's, there has to be something done about the way they talk about people, the sorts of headlines they um, push, the sorts of writers that they employ, and some of their commentators. Because, it, but then I think this then balloons into a bigger issue about um, political and public discourse. Um, who are the regulators and the governors of public di- um, discourse? And to what extent can we... I think it should always be the people. Because, look, we live in a capitalist society. Or we live in a mixed economy society. Right? <laughs> <It's> still... <laughs> At the end of the day, you could argue that, you know, these tabloids are only going to listen to one thing. Yeah. The people and the people that are actually buying the paper. And if you really want to change the narrative or change the discourse, yeah. hit them in their pockets, stop buying the paper. But there's still st- issues... Do you know what I mean? Who's the real audience? Like the audience will still their their main audience will still be reading, and their audience probably egg on some of these headlines and some of these pieces. Maybe, you know, but like, I think I think the mood linking the linking uh, Meghan Markle to the um, spike in mm. prices of avocado mm. I think, and, I think, and the war I think, in Venezuela. I think I think there's a there's a very very strong sense amongst ordinary people, amongst just the general population that they've gone a bit too far. Yeah, I, I think I think. But I think what do people, you do? What I do think people, do? I think they've, because they've, obviously, they, 
you know, their racial slurs and stuff, people look past that because, like I said, this country is institutionally racist, etc. Et but I think, I think on this, on a very human and basic level, people do feel like the tabloids have gone too far. I know, but we're I don't in, know so if that's going to be we're in agreement to stop them from buying. We're in agreement that they've gone too far. I think where we disagree is how to actually stop them because I'm saying that it's unlikely that kicking them in their pockets will work. Um, but then also, government can't do anything because. No. Independent press, an independent press, um, not just an independent press, but they're a private company um, who are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like someone on Twitter tweeting, and the whole TL thinks this guy's talking too much wreck. What are we gonna do? Especially if they, obviously in that situation, it doesn't. The an analogy doesn't hold up. It falls apart. It falls apart because Twitter has certain rules. If this person doesn't abide by these rules, so I think there's a path for government regulation. Um, and um, regulation and maybe law that looks a bit closer um, at this um, the issue of libel and things like that but it's I don't know because I don't think like I said I'm not a lawyer and I don't don't think this case necessarily falls um, in that landing zone but yeah well um, we've talked about all the topics I wanted to talk about today um Great to have you on the show. No, man, it's my pleasure, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah. so that concludes um, the second episode of Toby Talks. Um, tune in next time, and yeah, uh, see you guys on the next episode of Toby Talks. Bye.